0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat and put your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I worked for a, a company called McCarty Equipment. I was the inventory manager for them. And one of the perks that I got is I got to fly to Atlanta, Georgia one time to go through a factory of WICA gauges. It's just like you have on your pressure tank at your house. You know, if you got one of them fancy uh, ones that, you know, you buy anywhere except at Walmart. I mean, these are high dollar gauges. They cost about 100 bucks. They use them on big oil field stuff and everything like that. A lot of them are glycerin filled, you know, to reduce vibration and all this stuff. Well, I got to fly to Atlanta, Georgia in order to uh go through one of these factories, and i would never been to a factory before, and so I got on, and the way they did the flights and everything like that, Waika paid for it all, um, I got on the plane about 5.30 out of Midland, Texas, and then I had a layover in Dallas, so I flew to Midland, or flew from Midland to Dallas, and I sat there, well, I had a layover, but I didn't have to change planes, I just stayed right there and the plane wasn't filled i mean my gosh it was like a tuesday or something like that so anyway i get on this plane and i'm sitting back towards the back because that's where i always end up and i mean the plane probably has 30 people on it that's it and it's a and it's a bigger plane it's not one of those little ones and so i'm sitting in the back and I'm i'm a bookworm i love absolutely love to read. And so I'm sitting back there, and I know I ain't getting off this plane until Atlanta. And so I'm sitting back there, and we land at DFW and everything, and it's like a two-hour layover. but So I just sit in my seat, and I'm sitting back there, and the stewardess comes by, hey, you want something to drink? She gave me a free Coke. She was cool, and everything like that. And so anyway, I kind of... Felt and seen some people, you know, they got on the mic and they said, you know, you can sit wherever you want to because this flight is, you know, first come, first serve. And so I, I seen some people getting on, paid them no mind whatsoever. And so anyway, we get, and I'm sitting in the very, very back. And so nobody wants to come to the back of the plane. So I'm all back there by myself. And anyway, we finally land in, uh, in Atlanta. And I'm sitting there and I, you know, I don't even jump up and try to get all my stuff. I'm going to let everybody off. And I kind of look up there and I see the last person getting off. So I reach up there and grab my old luggage and I start walking. And of course, I ain't never been to Atlanta, Georgia before. That airport is like walking to your baggage claim from our deal is like walking from here to Parker. Okay. And so I'm dragging my deal along and I, you want to talk about a cowboy out of his element? Be dressed about like this walking through Atlanta Airport at 11.30 at night. I'm walking down through there. I am nervous. I'm scared. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm going. I have to stop mass directions three times. And they look at me like I don't speak English. Of course, I speak Texan and that's, you know, I can understand that. So anyway, they finally tell me where to go to the baggage claim. And it's in the basement of Count Dracula's castle. That's where it felt like we were going, you know, bats flying by. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I get down there and I realize who I was on the plane with. Now this is the part that you can take it bad. I do not mean this bad. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? I was on the plane with one other guy and a black college marching band. And we are all waiting for our stuff. And I am standing there, and about three seconds after my arrival, one of them noticed the skinny cowboy. (laughs) Only one said a word. But you want to talk about being made fun of? I have never been so humiliated. I've never been so insulted. I mean, I am standing there, and this guy's like, hey! Everybody, I'm Howdy yeah right in front of me. And I mean, he's like acting like he's rope, and he jumps on his friend and come on, get up. And guys, this is going on, and we can laugh about it now. Be there and see how it feels. It don't feel very good at all. I had been on the plane, I had just been quiet. I had not been messing with anybody and I'm standing there surrounded by 150 college kids and one of them has a mouth this big. Now granted, he, I mean, he's trying to embarrass me and I'll be quite honest, man. He was doing an awesome job. He really was. But you know, I'm just standing there minding my own business and what do you do? I mean, honestly, what do you do when somebody is just making fun of you like that? Because, I mean, it's going around in my head, man, I can like Kung Fu, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you ain't going to say that about me no more. Throw punch him, you know, I mean, fat, I mean, I thought about just walk off, but, you know, I mean, if you walk off, you know what's going to say, where are you going, kill you know, it, it was a horrible situation, and I promise you, I can laugh about it now, but that was one of the worst experiences of my entire life, sitting there just getting made fun of when I was just being quiet, I was minding my own business, I wasn't doing nothing. And this guy is just making fun of me, making fun of me, making fun of me, and before I knew it, people were laughing at him, they were pointing, they were giggling, uncomfortable, and before I knew what I was doing, I walked up there, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and you could have heard a pin drop, all that, ooh, ha, 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 Ah, just went, dead silence. And I'll tell you what I said to him later on. (laughs) Maybe I didn't say anything. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You know what? I was in on a conversation with an atheist yesterday. And I'm not talking about just somebody that, that doesn't believe in God. You know one of those atheists that is mad about yeah, you know, he doesn't tell you what he believes in. He wants to throw it in your face about what you don't believe in. And he is sitting there talking nine kinds of trash about, well, we just believe we know the fact that there's not some uh what did he call it? He said something like a spiritual being waiting on us in a cloud. How stupid can you get? I mean, this dude was was a violent violent atheist. I mean, just ridiculing and everything like that. And But even from an atheist, me and some other people were talking to him and he said, well, I've had people tell me that I'm going to hell and that they have threatened to kill me because I don't believe in God. And I was like, so you believe them that they're a Christian because they were going to kill you? because they called themselves a Christian, just because you call yourself a a Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian. And this is what he said. And you know what? I don't disagree with this statement that an atheist made. He said, "Our your faith is being hijacked by people claiming to be Christians, that while they may know of Jesus, they certainly don't know what it means to follow Him. That came from an atheist. You know what uh, Gandhi said? I would have become a Christian until I met one. Man, think about that. Your faith is being hijacked by people claiming to be Christians that while they may know of Jesus, they certainly don't know what it means to follow Him. How is it that an atheist can be so right about something that they don't even believe in? That is a shame. We are losing respect and credibility in the world. We, the church, is just like I was that day in that basement waiting. People are going around and they are making fun of the church. They are ridiculing the church. And I'm not talking about Save the Cowboy. I'm talking about the churches as a whole. But make no mind, we are part of that. People are walking around making fun of us. We are losing respect if we ever had it at all because people that claim to be Christians are not acting like it. Oh, they may come and sit in a church on Sunday morning or watch something on a video or listen to something on the deal. They're Christians during an hour Sunday morning, but they sure don't go and act like a Christian later on. What the church needs is some hard-earned respect. Some hard-earned respect. And you know what? Respect takes a long time to, to earn. And it can be lost in a second. And unfortunately, how do I know that we don't have respect in the community? Because this place isn't full. Because if somebody came in, and and there's room over here at this church, and this church, and every church, there's room in our line camps, because we are not living like God told us to live. And you know what? The thing is, is that what God said in three easy steps of how we can gain respect is how you cowboys should be living already. And I don't care if you're a cowboy because you have a hat on and you ride a horse and you work on a ranch and you do this. I'm talking about the cowboys inside. I'm talking about those people that identify with this life that we lead. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, Paul says this, make it your goal. Think about this. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before. In other words, like I already told you to do. Here's the big word. Here it is. It's a four-letter word. And I want, every time you read your Bibles, I want you looking for this four-letter word. Because after this four-letter word, amazing things come in the Bible. And that word is this. It's not this. <laughs> That's a four-letter word, too. That wasn't what I was talking about. And it's not that either. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands just like we've already told you to do, then, that was pretty cool, then. Y'all didn't know I could shake my butt like that, did you? Then, that's the four letter word I'm telling you. Then, Paul says, make it your goal to live a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your hands, just as we told, we already told you to do. Then, people who are not Christians will respect the way you live, and you will not, you will not need to depend on anybody else. Wow. He says, do these three things, and if you do these three things, then people that are unbelievers will respect you, and you will not have to depend on others. So let's talk about that. Three steps to earning respect. Not only for yourselves, but the people that y'all claim to represent. If you call yourself a Christian, you are a representative and ambassador for Jesus Christ. And you know what that atheist was right when he said that our faith is being hijacked by people that claim Christianity that don't act like Christ. Here it is. Step number one. Live a quiet life. Live a quiet life. You know what? Most of you have probably never been employed on a working ranch. Now, I know some of you own ranches, but most of you have never been employed on a big working ranch. You know what? You may see these Hollywood movies and everything, but you know what? 99 out of 100 times, you know what the life of a cowboy is? It's just a quiet drive, checking fence, checking on your cattle, feeding during the winter. Uh, checking waters. It is a quiet life. Why are most cowboys so quiet? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh at, uh, make fun of Kara McMurtry. Y'all all know her from rocking K-Bar photography that we use all her pictures and everything. Well, she went to the band, ban- banding <laughs> branding with me and Kenny Mack and she took all those awesome pictures and everything. And we're driving along the road. It's three o'clock in the morning. Me and Kenny ain't saying a word to each other. We've said like, good morning and that's about it. We don't have to say anything. Well, Ke- uh, Kara gets in the truck, and she's like, What are we doing? Where are we going? Why aren't you turning here? You're not going fast enough. You're going too fast. And Kenny's like, finally, he's like, Would you be quiet? <laughs> she's like, I can't. <laughs> and you know it's true, Kara, because I know she's watching right now. That girl couldn't keep her mouth shut if her life depended on it. I thought it was funny, but it was getting under Kenny's skin. He's like, Would you just be quiet? Because most of the time, a cowboy doesn't say a whole lot because he ain't used to saying a whole lot. If he says anything, it might be to his dog or something like that. You know what? We need as Christians, we need to live quiet lives. Quit getting all embroiled and and worked up over, over stuff, man. Just go and take care of your business and then go home. That's it. Lead a quiet life. You ain't gotta get wound up about every little thing. You ain't got, and and that leads me right to step number two. Mind your own business. Get your nose out of other people's stuff. Seriously. I am not trying to offend, but I am not excluding a single one of you that are hearing my voice, and I dang sure ain't excluding the guy on stage. Mind your own business. This world will survive without everyone knowing what you think about every stinking thing. You know what? It, what other people do and other people say ain't none of your business. It ain't. You worry about you. What do you think people would think about Save the Cowboy? Better yet, what would people think about the church in general if every single one of us just led, 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 that, that's, that's Texan past tense of lead is lid. What would happen if everyone led a quiet life and didn't get in nobody's business? They just went and took care of what they needed to take care of, and then they just went home. doesn't mean you can't laugh. It doesn't mean that you can't joke. It doesn't mean that you can't have friends. It just means mind your own stinking business. And I'm just as guilty, so is Ty. We are all guilty of it, but you know what? It can change today. Lead a quiet life and mind your own business. It is as simple as that. If someone does ask your advice, if you can't give them sound biblical advice, then you need to go. Oh no, because there's only one truth. See, everybody thinks that the truth originates within them. The truth doesn't originate within you. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if you can't answer somebody's question according to sound biblical doctrine about what God says about it, then you don't know and you need to keep your mouth shut. And just because you think somebody needs your advice doesn't mean that they do. You know what? I bet that person over there needs my advice. I'm going to walk over there and tell him. Uh Uh-uh. You lead a quiet life, and then you mind your own business. And you know what? (laughs) I've said this a lot of times. You know what? If you don't say something, you will not explode. It may feel like it. (laughs) And I know. I've been there. Mind your own business. Lead a quiet life. And number three, I was standing there while this fellow was calling me howdy doody and yelling yee-haw, and y'all know how I feel about yee <laughs> We need to get a, a five-gallon bucket in case I need to throw up. Set it right there. I mean, this dude was making fun of me. Bad. And it was hurting, guys. It was hurting. Before I knew it, I walked up behind him while he was acting like he was roping and tying a calf after he'd been a bull rider. Look, I'm a bull rider! Yeah, it, it's horrible. I seen Jared just kind of throw up in his mouth for me just doing that because he was a bull rider. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I couldn't whip them all. Before I knew it, I walked up to that boy and went, on his shoulder, and that whole place went poof, dead silence. And I mean, every single eye was on what was about to happen. And he froze. He didn't know what to do. And he turned around, and I stepped off to the side of him, and I said, "Actually, my name's Kevin Weatherby, and I'm from Kynosa, Texas. How are you?" And he had no idea what to do. And I stood there like this and with it being as quiet as all get out there was more people around that carousel than there is sitting right here and they were quieter than y'all were and I didn't have a microphone and I said from where I come from when a man sticks out his hand the other man is man enough to take it even if he's been made even if he's been making fun of him my name's Kevin Weatherby from Kanoa, Texas what's your name You could hear the clock ticking He looked around, and I mean, everybody was waiting to see what this fellow was going to do. And he went, my name's Tyrone, and he shook my hand. And when he shook my hand, 300 marching band members went, because I had just shut him up with one hand. And you know what? The work that I did with my hand that night, that's what step number three is. Step number one, live a quiet life. Step number two, Mind your own business. And number three, work with your hands. We've got too many lazy Christians, or lazy people that call themselves Christians. Nobody said that this job was going to be easy. That's why I titled this sermon, Hard-Earned Respect in Three Easy Steps. Hard-Earned Respect in Three Easy Steps. We've got too many lazy Christians. Because why did Paul say to uh, work with your hands? He's not necessarily telling us to do manual labor. He's saying be responsible for yourself. Because back then, many people were quitting what they were doing because they were so sure that Jesus was going to take care of them that they weren't going to do nothing. He said, no, no, wait a minute. God said that He would provide for your every need, but He didn't tell you to quit everything. You need to go out and work with your hands. You need to go out and you need to keep doing what you're doing. And a lot of people's like, well, I've got a job, so that doesn't apply to me. Let me take it one step further. How about this? Too many people, the church is full of lazy welfare recipients. And what do I mean by that? I mean because they say, feed me because I'm too lazy to learn what God says on my own. And I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but did you pick up your Bible any time this week? You should have. Or did you just come here so that I could feed you? Because I guarantee you, if you come to me for feeding, you're going to starve to death because I can't feed you. I can pass some things along to you, but it is not my responsibility to feed you. It is your responsibility. No longer is there a priest. God wants a a one-on-one relationship with you, not a through-Kevin relationship. Pray for me because I don't want to do it myself. You know what? and, And this may... We should pray for each other, but at the same time, when people come up and they say, will you pray for this? My first question that I always want to ask is, have you prayed about it? Because my prayer, there is no longer, Jesus is our high priest. He intercedes with God, not me. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Your prayers, you don't, I mean, think about it. How many times do you hate it when your kids used to send somebody else to come ask you something? Hey, Mr. Weatherby, uh... Uh, Griffin wanted me to ask if... What's the first thing you think of? Why didn't Griffin come ask me himself? I did it to my dad. You did it to your mom and dad. We've all done it. Well, you know what? Go to your father and ask. Quit depending on everybody else to feed you and pray for you. You take that responsibility. Work with your own hands. Tell me what God wants me to do so that I can blame it on you whenever whenever I quit doing it. You know what? You think that's funny, but it's not. So many people come up and they say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Then pray about it and read your Bible and He'll reveal it to you. Well, I've already done that and He had not said anything yet. Well, sorry. But people, you know, they they come to me and I say, well, you need to do whatever God's telling you to do. Well, I think He's telling me to do this and then they go do it. And then they come back and they say, well, that failed and it was your fault. Oh, it wasn't? It wasn't my fault. We've got too many lazy Christians that aren't feeding themselves, that aren't praying themselves that are going around asking everybody else what God wants instead of going to the one man that knows. So why all this fuss? I know this has been a hard one, but when an atheist can describe us better than we can, when an atheist can see that your faith, meaning the things that we believe in, has been hijacked by people claiming to be Christians, that while they may know of Jesus, they certainly don't know what it means to follow Him. If you do not know how to follow Jesus, I have failed. Well, probably not. You know what? Because I'm not responsible for you. Not responsible for any of you. I've given you the truth, the truth from God. And the truth of God says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not Christians will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on anybody else. Do that. You do that and your life will change. I told you at the very beginning of this message that this was going to be hard. I told you that if you would listen and do what the Bible tells you to do, Kevin's not telling you this. Jesus is telling you this. People say, well, I don't know what to do. Do this. If you don't do anything else the rest of your life, if you do this, you will come out ahead. You will gain respect for the church and people will want what we have. Right now, people don't want what we have because what we have are busybodies that are not minding their own business. They are not living quiet lives. They're going around, and then they're coming to church and expecting somebody to feed and water them and then blaming them on their lack of growth. We are not trying, just so you know, we are not trying to be popular, nor do we need the unbelieving community to approve... Or validate us let me read that one more time we are not trying to be popular nor do we need the unbelieving community to validate us or approve of us we are not seeking validation we are not seeking approval people are watching and no one wants to be part of something that they don't respect it is the other way around People will only want what you have if they respect you. And I'm telling you right now that we all need to learn how to do that so that we can get respect so that people will come in here and find out who Jesus Christ is. And you know what? Some of you are in here for the first time. You're the ones that's in here today. Lead a quiet life. Mind your own business. And work with your own hands. In other words, be responsible for yourselves. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to double dog dare you, cowboys. Double dog dare. Lead a quiet life. Mind your own business. And be responsible for yourself. And if you can't do that, stop calling yourself a Christian because you're making the rest of us lose respect dead serious. You can tell people that you go to church but quit calling yourself a Christian if you can't do those three things because you are hurting the body of Christ. You are not adding to it. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitchin Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.